If you are in Christ, if you are born again by his spirit, you are going to be different. I've been saying this every week and I will continue to say it every week because it is so important to remember. There is no getting around this. It is an inevitability. God is simply going to make you into something different, different values, different wants, even a different will, if you will. God is going to make you different if he is alive in you. And that leads to a different set of values and a different kind of life. Now, these past few weeks, we've been talking about the Ten Commandments and using them, as you will, uh, if you will, as a guide, a guide to what that different kind of life looks like in Jesus. And today we come to big number four. Some of you are going to love it way too much, and some of you are going to despise it, all right? Let me say it, then I'll have you repeat it after me. Honor your father and your mother. We sh- yeah, boo. I'm already getting boos <laughs> over here, all right? Honor your father and your mother. Okay, good. Let's do it one more time. Honor your father and your mother. It is big number four. I'll be straight up. I never understood why God included that in the top 10. There's a lot of good commands, and you know that has its place. But really, that's in the top 10 of all the things we could talk about. But God put it there and high up in the billing. Honor your father and your mother. Let's break it down. Let's do a little bit of definition work right off the bat. It should be noted, and I don't think I'm playing with the text, that it doesn't say, obey your father and your mother. It doesn't say, love your father and your mother. It doesn't say, respect your father and your mother. Certainly those are good things. Certainly those could be argued by extension, and certainly the Bible talks about that type of stuff in other places, but that's not what the commandment says. It doesn't say love your mom and dad. It doesn't say obey your mom and dad. It doesn't say respect your mom and dad, and I think for some of us, that's all we need to know. Let's go home, right? It says this, honor your father and your mother. So let's talk for a little bit about what honor is. And what I'm going to do is compare it over against respect, because I think a lot of us use the terms respect and honor synonymously, but I don't believe they are. Here's a working definition of respect. To treat someone or something as though it's important. So if I treat something like it's important, that is Respect. Let me give you a couple of examples. There's speed limit laws that I don't like. Amen, brother. But I'm called to respect the law. I'm called, despite the fact that I don't need the law, and I, and I really don't, despite the fact that I don't like the law, I am nonetheless called to treat the law as though it is important because the reality of a speed limit law is it is reducing the amount of death and physical damage that is on the road, not to mention property damage as well. So despite the fact that I don't love it, despite the fact that I don't want it, I nonetheless treat it as though it's important. Are you with me? Likewise, we've heard this growing up. Maybe you have. My dad certainly instilled this in me. He was former military. You learned early on in my father's household to respect 
firearms. Why? Because if you don't treat this weapon as though it is important, you are liable to do something stupid or foolish that can cause a whole lot of damage to another human being and their family. And so I treat it not flippantly, not lightly, not glibly. I treat it as though it is something important. That is what respect means. Are you with me? But the fourth commandment doesn't say to respect your father and your mother. It asks for something more. It says to honor them. And I'll argue that if respect is treating something as though it's important, honor is treating it as though it is more important than you. Let me say that again. If respect is simply treating something as though it's important, to honor something or someone is to treat it as though it, he, or she is more important than you. And God says, honor your father and mother. Treat them as though they are more important than you. Let me give a couple examples of how you see this play out in culture. In America, when we go to greet someone, we treat them with a certain kind of equal respect. And the way we do it is that we approach them face on, we look them in the eye, and we shake their hands. It is equals coming together. But in Eastern cultures, you don't shake, you do something instead. You know what it is? You bow. You bow. You are physically lowering yourself before this other human being as a way of saying, I lift you over myself. You, I will treat as more important than me. This is what honor is all about. This is what the commandment, well, commands us to honor your father and mother, treat your father and mother as though they are more important than you. It's fascinating that in the Old Testament, honor is reserved for only two people, God and your parents. You are called to love other people. You are called to respect at times. You are called to other ki all kinds of ways that you are supposed to treat someone. But in the Old Testament, honor is reserved for God alone and your mom and your dad. And the reason, I think, is this, because they are your creators. God, your mom, and your dad are your co-creators. And you wouldn't be here if it wasn't for them. And you owe your creators a certain debt of allegiance. This is why worship in the Old Testament is synonymous with the word prostrate. Now, you always have to be careful with that because I always want to say with prostate. No, not with your prostate. It is synonymous with prostrating yourself. Have you ever prostrated yourself or do you know what it means to prostrate? I will show you today. It means to do this. You get on the ground 
And worship in the Old Testament is to get your face on the ground before Yahweh. That you, Lord, are so much more important than I am. And strangely fascinating, God then takes that same concept and he says, treat your mom and dad in the exact same way. Now, the New Testament will expand on this idea of honor. And it won't only apply it to God and mom and dad, it will extend it to anyone in authority. Let me read one example. This is 1 Peter chapter 2, where Peter writes this. Show proper respect for everyone. Love the brotherhood of believers. Fear God. Honor the king. Honor the king? Do you know what the kings were like when Peter wrote this? Do you know what the kings did to Christians when Peter wrote this? Do you know the quality and character of life of the kings? These are unrespectable people who should be furthest from our hearts to honor. But Peter doesn't say that. He says, no. He says, fear God, love the brotherhood, but honor the king. Treat those in authority as though they are more important than yourself. Martin Luther wrote this little book. It's called The, Sh uh, the, the, Short, uh, the Small Catechism. Just kind of a little primer, a little guide. I'm, I'm literally holding the whole thing in my hands right now. And let me read how he explains the fourth commandment. The fourth commandment, honor your father and your mother. What does this mean? We should fear and love God so that we do not despise or anger our parents and others in authority, but honor them, serve and obey them, love and cherish them. The line I want to key into, though, is what he said off the bat. We should not despise or anger our parents or others in authority. Where's he getting that from? Fourth commandment doesn't say honor those who are in authority. And yet, Peter sees in there, and Luther picks up on it as well, that God is giving us a window to something greater. Because remember that each of the Ten Commandments stands for something larger or greater than itself. Think of them more like a table of contents than a simple list of rules. And if you look at the Ten Commandments as a table of contents, well, each of them then become a chapter heading describing all kinds of ways that we should be showing honor in this world. And what the New Testament shows us is this. That honor now is not just for God, it is not just for mom and dad, but honor is meant to be given to anyone in authority. That we are supposed to treat anyone in authority as more important than ourselves. Now, you want to do a quick self-check on this? Well, too bad. <laughs> Take a moment. Think about a politician that you really don't like. <laughs> think, brother, think. <laughs> Add to the list. Think of a few more. 
the national scene. It might be Trump. It might be Biden. In the congressional scene, it might be any other number of people. At the local scene, it might be the same. I don't really care who it is. But do you have that person in mind? Let's keep adding to the list. I'd like to think about a teacher you really don't like. Or maybe a coach. Do you have that person in your mind? This one will come easy, especially for Fellowship of Faith. Think about a boss you really don't like. Do you have the person in mind? Think about a parent or a parental figure you really don't like. Now, were these easy to kind of get right away? Do you have a certain set of people in mind? Do a self-check. How do you talk about them? How do you treat them? Do you seek to lift them up or tear them down? Do you seek to praise them or to ridicule them? Do you seek to put the best construction on things or always assume the worst about them? Do you pray for them? And the answer to questions like these will help you know if you are truly obeying God in the fourth command. I'd actually like to give you a minute today to pray for them right now. Maybe it's a mom or a dad who's been horrible to you or a parental figure of some kind. Maybe it's a teacher, a boss, a coach, you name it. Maybe it's a politician you can't stand and you think is ruining the country. Would you dare to obey God to pray for them right now? I simply dare you to. I'm going to step over here for about a minute and a half. And in your own heart, I'm just going to ask you to do simply that. Meet God in that place. Let him mess with you. And see if you're willing to obey him. What does it look like to be different? To lift up rather than tear down. To strive for rather than against. What does it look like to be different? God is calling you to a different way of life with those in authority. To treat them as you will. As moms and dads, those who have been put into a position that brings with it the generation and sustenance of life, positions that are important, with tasks and jobs that are oftentimes more important than our own. This is why, for example, in the Catholic Church, they call priests father try to think of them that way, why they call, well, we say the Pope, but there they would say Papa, Big Daddy. These are people who bring spiritual life and sustenance to me. And of course, it doesn't stop there. Romans 13 will talk about how God has 
put people into positions of authority. And we're to honor them. And I know what you're thinking. Sometimes they're vile. And sometimes they're wicked. Sometimes they are fatally flawed. But God calls us to honor them because of the position they occupy. Honor your father and your mother. See, our culture bases itself on independence and self-determination. But God calls us to something different. He calls us to take our independence and self-determination and humble it before those above us. Even Jesus did this. I love Philippians chapter 2, where Paul writes, Let your attitude be the same as Christ, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped but made himself nothing, taking on the very nature of a slave and being found in appearance as a man, humbled himself even to the point of death, even death on a cross. And Paul says, you'd live the same way. Humble yourself. Jesus is God and he humbled himself. How much more should we? Jesus himself, I love what he says. I'm going back to the father, guys. And you should be glad that I'm going back. The Father is greater than I. If that's how Jesus thinks, how much more should we? And the call of God that he is looking to form in your life is to see authority not as something to be despised, but something to be honored. It's hard, believe me, believe me, as hard as that might be. So you can outline it kind of like this. If the first command is God saying, make me your God. And the second command is saying this, don't do it lightly. Don't do it vainly. Don't take my name upon you as something flippant or casual. Don't bear it in vain. And if the third commandment is this, be like me. The fourth reminds us that as much as I'm called to be like you, you are still higher than me. Because what I've found is that the way that we treat other people often influences the way that we treat God. Or at least shapes us in some kind of capacity. This is why loving God and loving your neighbor are almost synonymous in the Bible. Love God and you will love other people. Love other people and you will love God. Honor God and you will honor other people. Honor other people and you will honor God. That's how he rolls. That's how he's built the fiber of things. And it's why it is so significant. Because it's like God saying the way that you treat these other people, well, these are my representatives in some capacity. That's how you're treating me. So I'm going to urge you. I want to encourage you. I want to cheer you on in this today. Seek to be someone who brings honor to whom honor is due. You don't have to obey him. You don't have to like him. You don't have to love him. You don't have to agree with what they say. 
but God nonetheless wants you to treat them with the appropriate honor because of who they are and the impact and, well, everything that that means for you. Make sense? That's what this one's all about. So we're going to land the plane there today. Next week, we'll pick up with the fifth. I invite you to rise. Band, you can come up if you'd like. And we're going to commune today. 1 Corinthians will talk about how it's important, even vital, if you will, that we examine our hearts, that we prepare our hearts before coming, that when God comes to us, that's always spiritually potent. And like medicine, it could do harm or good. That in the Lord's Supper, God brings an incredible dose and amount of grace. But if our hearts are not right with him, all it does is heap up judgment. And who wants that? So I invite you here today to take a few moments with me to kind of just examine your heart before God. Ask him to make it right. And I ask that as you do, drill down just a little bit more with me into this honor question. What kind of honor are you bringing God? How is that being defiled in the way you are or are not honoring others? Meet God and know that however dishonoring you may have been, God's forgiveness is big enough for that. He'll meet you in that place. He died for that. He washes you clean and he says, come on, now restart it. Let's do it differently. Come follow me. Lord, we come before you as people who often, honestly, despise those who are in authority. We resent them. We get frustrated with them. We all too quickly see their failures, their faults. We rail against it. Forgive us, God, for those times. Forgive us when we don't give the honor that is due. Help us, Lord, in the times when it is particularly difficult for the people who are gathered here today who have had terrible parents, terrible bosses, terrible teachers or coaches, terrible governmental leaders. Help us in those times, God, to show honor even when we don't agree. Give us a heart like David, who even when Saul was trying to kill him, filled with paranoia, vindictiveness, and insecurity, would say, I will not lift a hand against the Lord's anointed. Oh God, how? But give us the grace in that we pray. To honor you by showing honor to them.